it, it's called the journey, and 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 it's about uh, you know conspiracy theory, and what happens, how uh, conspiracy theories are used, you know how they affect uh, how we understand things, because you know one of the first things I did after you know my daddy talked to me and I started studying the subject I call CIA drugs was to uh, study conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, the, one of the first things I found out is that a conspiracy theory doesn't have to be true to be effective. And then um, when I think about, you know, CIA drugs, okay, uh, before the Internet, basically there was books, right? Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, we had the Internet, and uh, there was the first uh, CIA drugs uh, email list, and it kind of imploded on itself. And then you started one, and I started one, and then we merged them. There wasn't a, a lot of people looking into it. It was a fairly small community. Do you remember sitting around with uh, Celia Castillo and Michael Rupert and him telling us the story of um, Daniel Sheehan and how he thought Daniel Sheehan was a shill? Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff that was going on with, uh, you know, Sealy's computer, and the FBI was looking into it. And then it comes out that that Rupert was a shill. I mean, you were one of the first persons that really started to make noise about Rupert. What's your thoughts? Well, okay, you know, I've been thinking about this since since you mentioned um, um, discussing CIA drugs would would be useful, okay? Um, and here's what I've come up with. It's it's been almost 20 years, okay. Yeah. And it was Gary Webb, God bless him. He inspired um, the anger in me that caused me to get involved in it. I, I suppose I had been aware of allegations of the CIA and drugs before that, but what really upset me was here's this guy who's um. A living, you know, in American life with 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 a wife and kids, and a good job at the San Jose Mercury News, and he reports a, uh, a startling three-part series called Dark Alliance, which exposed the CIA's involvement with the Contras and and, and cocaine, and instead of getting the Pulitzer Prize, which one thought he might have, um, they ran him on a journalism. And then, and then, to the point where he couldn't get another he couldn't get another job in the field. He lost his wife. He lost his he lost his kids. He lost his home. And um, from my understanding of the story, on the night before they came to repossess, the last thing he cared about, which was his motorcycle, he killed himself. And that's a sad yeah. damn story. Um, now, now, if there is a hereafter, one hopes that Gary Webb is aware of how big a difference and how influential he was. If there's not a hereafter, well, then he just died, you know, in, in, in despair. So I like to think there is a hereafter. But it's been 20 years, and we've been hammering on it for 20 years. And you know what? We're winning. At, at some point in the indeterminate future, and maybe neither you or I are around when this happens, um, this will get exposed... And the nation will ask itself, 
there's this huge pool of money, billions and billions and billions of dollars monthly, yearly, that, that's rolling in, and, and whose pockets do we want that to go into? Am, am I right? Yeah. When I first came across the CIA drugs basically included, you know, everything from marijuana to the cocaine and the heroin and all of that stuff. But one thing that happened here, you know, especially started out here on the West Coast, was that the, the hippies stood up and said, hey, this marijuana stuff seems kind of good. Oh, there's seeds. Oh, we could grow it. And basically, you know, they've taken marijuana away from the man. And mm-hmm. now instead of the, you know, all that money going into their coffers, it's going into state coffers, okay, which I think is, is, is much better. But, you know, the thing that that I found very interesting is, you know, we had the situation where Rupert and Sally and them were telling us the story of, of Daniel Sheehan and how they felt that he was a shill and he had taken uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, probably the biggest CIA drug uh, exposure uh, with uh, the Christic Institute and the, the, the suit about uh, Honey and, and Tony, I can't say their last name, Avigan, uh, that, you know, got blown up with the, the contrabomb. And, you know, he went around uh, and did his dog and pony show. And as we know, dog and pony shows cost money to, to happen, right? He, he gets, uh, you know, some spooks to come out of the uh, uh, woodwork and, and tell their story and then gets people uh, to stand up and, and, you know, give him money. And even, uh, it's my understanding, somebody put up an apartment building in L.A., and then, uh, you know, he puts a little bit of uh, inky stuff in the brief and it gets thrown out uh, uh, and none of the stuff that was collected can ever be used again uh, in, a, in a suit. And that happens often. I have a chapter in what I'm working on now, Gangster Planet, called CIA Tells. What it's about is always I have discovered that the CIA lets down its guard just a little bit and um, you're able to peek into what they're doing. Plane spotters, back during the Iraq War, when people were up in arms about um, extraordinary renditions, ordinary citizens started going out to airports and, and writing down plane numbers and, and passing them around, and, and so they would know where planes had gone. And that was an extension of what I had begun to learn to do with Barry Seal. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I've learned, basically, is that the CIA never sells any planes, that it never owns. And the way it shields the ownership, its ownership of planes, is the way it's done since the 60s when George Duell was in charge. Um, I mean, it, just, it just shuffles the registrations around. I mean, that the people they shuffle the registrations around um, end up owning, owning other planes that are also involved in operations. For example, when, when two planes from St. Petersburg, 18 months apart, got busted in the Yucatan, one with five and a half tons of cocaine and the second one with four tons of cocaine, by looking at the, at the uh, uh, reg documents from the FAA, I was able to ascertain that both planes are CIA, that, that they go back. I mean, when, when you see Kirk Kerkorian, um, when you see, like, notorious people who have been rumored to be part of the mob, you know, forever, are owning... Um, and then Khashoggi owned mm-hmm. one of the planes. And, and you found some, sea, uh, some skull and bones people, too. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. We haven't we haven't got to that yet. Yeah. And, and you, well, you know, and it, it was amazing. I mean, even you know, you've got Skull and Bones owning, uh, you know, FedEx. Okay, I mean, starting FedEx, Mister Mister Smith, and then you had them both at the same time owning the uh, being president of the uh, Bonanza and the the Piper uh, companies. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know what I found out now the, the biggest way they uh, the main boys are bringing in uh, the drugs is, is through oil pipelines uh, these days. I talked to this guy who's uh, uh, he was part of the Mexican uh, marijuana mafia, and he says, well, you know, we've got this uh, valley that, you know, they've been growing uh, opium in for well over 100 years. All of a sudden, this, this pipeline that was coming up from Brazil they says, you know, we'd like to uh, come up in your valley, you know, a little little house there, and then, then go back down. You know, one thing that, that you first made mention of, which uh, never really got all the way to the public in your, in your uh, first video, uh, was about how, how huge this industry is. I mean, you know, officially they say that there's a million to a million two junkies, which is a ton a day. And I think there's a lot more than that. So they're, you know... There's several tons a day that has to be broken down each day and and passed out to people. It has now been proven to be the biggest, in, in terms of foreign trade, the biggest um, industry in the world. Okay? Absolutely. Uh, back um, when the Great Depression happened, or Great Recession, they called it, but I felt like a depression to everyone except, uh, except in 2008-2009, um, the head of the U.N.'s, Drug task force put out a report that said with, that, that the only liquidity um, in banks during the crisis was from drug money. Mm-hmm. Um, that that if, if it wasn't for for drug money, all the major banks would have gone under. That would seem to bear out because since then, they've all been fined billions of dollars for processing what is obviously drug money, laundering drug money. And then, and then they're they're allowed to to continue they operate in the same way, right? And then um, you know, still, even with all the water over the bridge, okay, officially the CIA has never done anything with drugs. They were trying to manage that story so much that first you had the shill of, of Daniel Sheehan, and then Rupert was a shill. Let me give a shout out to a dead guy here. I had a source in Newport Beach. I can say his name now because he's dead. His name was Richard Freeman, and he lived in Corona, Delmar. Back then, I was doing a business show, and I went out to produce a half-hour pilot called Conspiracy. And that's the time I met Dick Freeman, Um, and not not by accident or or, or by mistake. I thought he was retired. Um, Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But here's the thing, and I've just thought this about Dick. Just just recently, now that he's dead, Dick was a good guy. Uh, I befriended him because I wanted someone on that side to think well of me, okay, and and to intercede. <laughs> and and actually, he did. Uh, I I did uh, three shooting trips down to Louisiana, and after the second and before the third, I was getting death threats from um, remnants of the Carlos Marcello organization. And I called Dick, and I said, you know, I told him about it, and and. He said, "Well, you need you need to take a bodyguard with you." And he gave me the name of a guy who I called, 
and he came down with me, and and um, on both of them later thought that that was like what kept my little white ass uh, uh, safe. Well, that was Dick. Okay, Dick Freeman told me. I don't think I've ever told you this, or I probably never told anyone this. Um, he was helping me out around the edges because he had been offered the job. Okay, he had a, a career, a, a pretty sterling career, um, with the NSA and designing. He designed satellites for Hughes. And actually, he designed the uh, portable radar equipment that that Barry Seal was able to use to evade radar. That that's who this guy was. And he told me that he had been offered the job of um, overseeing the um, heroin that was coming in into the West Coast into, into LAX. And he would have never had um, to touch it physically. Um, when it came in, someone would give him a call, and he would give someone else a call, and that was it. And he would make, and, and I think he told me it was $8 million a year. And he turned it down. Kudos. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the first thing he thought was, well, if if I do this for them, then they own, own me. Mm-hmm. But but he helped me. I mean, he, he didn't want to see this go on forever. It happens when it happens. And I hope you and I are here when it does. But I think we can both feel satisfied that um, we have contributed. I mean, Pretty much today, it's understood that in every um, in every country in the world in which there's a significant drug market, that drug market in that country is controlled by whoever controls the country. Okay. Yeah. Well, and yeah. twenty twenty years ago, you know, it wasn't that way. Right. Well, there's still you know there's still thousands of people in jail and all kinds of stuff and whatnot, and you know. To go back to, to to what happened 20 years ago, I mean, I, I propose that, that that the whole thing of, of Rupert uh, and the guy from the CIA, Deutsch, I think that was a setup to put him into quote unquote a leader leadership position in the CIA drugs uh, research. Okay, and then you know it goes to to, to 9/11, and then does the old what I call the conspiracy two-step tango. Oh, you believe in this conspiracy? Let me, you know, it goes to the peak oil, which was just baloney. And, and, and it peters it peters out. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're good. They're they're good at that. They're good at that. Yeah. So so let me let me ask you a, a loaded question. What do you, what do you think of the most of the uh, a pandemic and, and all of this stuff. Anytime you have a choice between between an, ex, an explanation that involves a conspiracy and an explanation that involves stupidity, you have to rule out stupidity first because you know we are we're you know we're kind of half half intelligent like you know m- you know mammals. I guess it was called the novel coronavirus. And I think, you know, the, the novel part of it is, is what I hang on to because I don't think anybody knew. I think the Chinese probably weren't weren't being tremendously effusive about, about what was going on. I mean, we could see it from afar, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I've, I've, this is exactly like um, 9-11. Made it happen on purpose or let it happen on purpose. I've never seen any evidence that, that um, any of the people that, that you and I love to hate had any pre-knowledge of 9-11 um, or, you know, were aware of it on that level. I mean, certainly certainly, um, Southwest Florida wasn't flooded with hundreds of Arab pilot trainees um, after, you know, there, there being vir- virtually none. I mean, that, that didn't happen without somebody at the CIA. Nothing happens in Florida that the CIA doesn't right. know about. 
So they, right. they knew about it, but, you know, it would be great to, to find out what they thought they were trying to accomplish. The same thing with the coronavirus. I mean, who's who's to say? Who is right. to say? Well, what, what do you what, I, what do you what do you think? Well, I, I think it, I think it's uh, uh, you're 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 correct that it's a it's a novel uh, virus. It was something uh, new, and uh, whether whether it came where, where it came from doesn't make much difference right now because basically the chum is in the water, and once the yeah. chum is in the water, you've got uh, lots of different people that have agendas. And that have the ability to play those agendas, and and there's a you know an old thing from intelligence operations where it's called hijack. In other words, you watch somebody's operation and you you, you monitor it, and you monitor it, and then you go in at the last minute and you know hijack it to to a different agenda. I I, I don't know you know even my my uh, thinkings on it. If if it is something out there, then then just just flip the script because. The, the control that the people up at the top or out in the shadows have is is really quite virtual. Uh, if the people, if we really stand up, I think you know we can we can move history forward in a positive way rather than a negative well, way. We, and we, we and we have we have, dude, yes. we have we have. Um, um, our generation does not get credit for what we've actually done, and 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 we've done quite a bit. And, um, a lot of changes happen. A lot of changes happen. I think more change is going to happen. And, oh yeah. And, and it's, I think it's going to be substantial change because I mean, one thing I, you know, the pandemic has, has shown the, the paucity of the quote-unquote reality. I mean, you know, what is money? You know, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, these guys are pulling how well, how many quadrillions out of and and you know, I mean, and the stock market's up even though the economy's in, in the in the sewer, right? It, it really shows a lot of the positive. See, just pause, pause there for a second, okay? Because mm-hmm. the oligarch-ridden world we live in today, um, mm-hmm. I want to suggest, okay, is caused by is caused by drug money, okay? Mm-hmm. More more than half mm-hmm. of, more than half of the money um, in organized crime is is drug money, yeah. and 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 most of the money that's laundered is drug money. Um, yeah. I believe I believe Donald Trump was laundering. Russian mob drug money, probably. I mean, you know, well, um, knowingly or not, um, um, you know, selling selling condos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all for legalization. Okay, well, let's go to one more really political situation here. You know, we've got an election coming up. Uh, for for my money, the election uh, hinges on the electronic voting machines that uh, you did an excellent uh, video on. And I'm going to encourage people. You, you still have that for sale at, at madcalprod.com? You know, I I, I add all six or? six uh, six DVDs I've done. You know, in in a big package. Are you streaming it? It's 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 available. It's out there. What's the um, name of it? What's, what's the, the big, big fix? fix Two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And those um, machines are still out there, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. I I was kind of like a half-assed business report for some time. So when I went to investigate electronic voting, I went to investigate who owned the companies that created created the vote snafus. Back in 2000, I had finished burying the boys. I was looking for something to do. I'm, I'm waiting for it to come out. I mean, of course, I didn't know it wasn't going to come out. And I dropped by the Spotlight newspaper up in Washington, D.C., which I knew was kind of like populist right wing, but I didn't know it was like neo-Nazi. <laughs> 
until until later, you know. But they suggested that I look into um, the allegation that American elections were not as open and honest as we all know them to be. And so that that's where I first, you know, heard. And, and, and sure enough, I went out and I invented the company that caused the Florida vote snafu, um, Sequoia Pacific, was owned at that time by Ireland's um, richest multimillionaire, Dr. Michael Smurfett, who wasn't a doctor and he wasn't Irish, but he was rich. <laughs> okay? And, and you know what? I found I, I, I got news for you here. I'm going to give you some, some, some new stuff. But Michael Smurfett got his start. Okay, as a bag man for Barclays Bank, that's what I was. That, that's what I was told, and and then he bought his first major major purchase that made him kind of a a, a, a mogul. Um, was he bought um, Container Corporation of America, which was a mobile company, which 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 was you know therefore a Rockefeller company. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and he went on and you know and so after the 2000 election, it it was. His company's machines that caused the voting snafu. Nobody ever asked that. I mean, you know, why? Why wouldn't that be the first thing you? Who owns the company that's screwing up? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they just don't do it. Um, no, no, no. They they have a, they have a narrative to sell. Uh, I tell you, let's, uh, Daniel. It's been a pleasure. And you, you have any last bits of wisdom? Let me just tuck this into your head. Um, I found a drug smuggler in Florida who was bigger and ba- bigger than Barry Seal before Barry Seal that I had never knew existed, and he is tied in with the uh, uh, the Sarasota fuckery, as I call it. Okay, whether the um, Bannon, Botelotto, the financial crime. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and it goes back. It goes back to this guy, and he was in business with. Kennedy assassination guys. He was in business with um, Mitch Werbel mm-hmm. and um, Jerry Patrick Hemming and Frank Sturgis. Yeah, and Frank's, same, same crew. Same Sturgis crew. Was in, 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 in Southeast Asia too. You know? yeah. and, 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 and that's, okay, I'm going to close with this. That's probably the best advice I ever got was from a retired customs agent in Louisiana. Um, who said to me, "There's not that many players out there. They all mostly know know each other." He 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 was uh, you know I was surprised that that Barry Seal knew this other guy who I didn't know was involved in this sort of thing at all. And he said, "There's not that many players out there. They all basically know each other." So um, yep. I'll leave you with yep. that, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. We're, um, we, we've we've we're we've done we've, do we've done good work, and we will we will continue. Okay. Love Have you. a good night. Bye.